the week of is long behind Jack and Josh, as now they're competing to be father of the year. This is Truly Happily Madison. Um, hit that theme. Oh, hi. Oh, buddy. Buddy old pal. <laughs> buddy boo boy. How are you uh, getting on, buddy? Oh, I'm all right, uh, buddy Josh. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. Jack Gregson, my buddy. <laughs> my buddy Josh Pappenheim. Thank you. You're good? <laughs> yeah, I'm all right, isn't it? You know, it's, it's been a bit of an interesting week. Like, I don't know. Have I, I feel like I've done a lot this week and I don't remember any of it. So that's yeah. that's a good sign, eh? Well, hey, lads on tour, you know. Oh, yeah, I'm a real, good. I'm a real wild one. I'm like um one of them kids in the movie Father of the Year, just uh, <laughs> getting into trouble. Father of the Year, what's that? Oh, you'll find out, little buddy. <laughs> I like calling you buddy this week. I don't like it. <laughs> it feels too familiar. Oh, mad. It's true. It's true. But hey. You know what, Josh Pappenheim? What Jack you're Rickson. my buddy. You're my buddy, but oh. we we have an we have an extra buddy this week. <gasps> a new buddy. A new buddy. Ah, <laughs> oh, please welcome to the truly happily Madison podcast, Petros Patsiliavas. Is that right? That is completely wrong, but I I, lo- <laughs> I love the effort. I oh. love- it, it, I said, Petros messaged me earlier being like, you can try <laughs> saying my surname, but you'll probably get it wrong. And I was like, that's a classic, that's a classic podcast way to go. Yeah. It feels very it, in keeping with the Happy Madison tradition of just <laughs> racism. Yeah. No, I'm the Rob Schneider oh, no. of this podcast. We've stared too long into the abyss. <laughs> Fuck. Look, okay. I, 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 please change your pronunciation of your name to how I've done it. Um, or, <laughs> <laughs> or please correct me. Uh, it's Petros Patsilavas. Uh, I went. I went. I added an extra like syllable. Several syllables. Yeah, you went extra Greek. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and then at the end, I went opa. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> smashed a couple of plates. Fuck, mamma mia! Wait, no, that's wrong. That's in Greece. <laughs> It's Italy. <laughs> yeah. It's Shit. set in Greece with an Italian title about music of a Swedish, Swedish band. band. That is Eurovision, <laughs> isn't it? That's just beautiful, beautiful stuff. Uh, uh, truly happily, Mamma Mia, one day. Nope. <laughs> uh, oh, well. Pedros, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Oh, well, I'm not sure whether to thank you or like offer to fight you. <laughs> <laughs> because in. in in watching this film and i don't know why i was like i messaged you jack saying is there any like fil- other films in the happy madison like kind of canon i should watch as prep for this film as if it needs context <laughs> so, thing is i'd already watched father of the year as well so like i've, I've you knew watched- what you had 
Yeah, I've watched three of these stickers now. Fucking hell. And I love as well that you messaged me that. And at the same time, I was like, hmm, context. And I came up with two other movies that I, f- I do feel are probably like the best context for this movie. Um, what did you go for? I went for Joe Dirt. Mm, and yeah. That's My Boy. Yeah. Right. Essentially, this, this week's film, Father of the Year, is essentially... A shit remake of that's my point. <laughs> I don't think that's true, but we'll get into it later. I have I have a thought. I have one um, single thought. But of course, I should say that each week your hosts Jack Gregson and Josh Pappenheim discuss the entire filmography of Happy Madison Productions from 1999 to current day. That's yeah, the plot yeah. of the show. That is. <laughs> and this week we've gathered. Also, I should say the only reason that I invited. Well, I wanted to invite Petros <laughs> on to the show because he is the host of Caged In, the, the Nicolas Cage podcast that is currently doing its uh, Coppola Connection series. Um, so he's he's branched out from like into the Nick Cage family. But I wanted to mm. invite you on because you tweeted me about doing a three-hour episode of Father <laughs> of the Year. And... Um, and so and here you, you are. Here you, you fucking you are. Dug you your happy? own grave, pal. Yeah, it's, it's a real like, uh, be careful what you wish for situation right now. And now we've yeah. committed to three hours on it. Oh boy. <laughs> the yeah, end yeah, is just going to be like just like silence at the end for like an extra two hours. And then a secret bonus track. <laughs> I'd like that. It's just it's just the full version of your track. Oh yeah, the one that goes on for an hour, the special unreleased version. <laughs> yeah, it could be. I think we should we should um jump in to uh Sama Chat. But actually before we do, Petros, tell us a little bit about your history with Adam Sandler and uh and Happy Madison in general. You you've been taking a deep dive into Happy Madison, so So I like I'm the youngest of three kids. So when I was younger, like Adam Sandler was on heavy rotation in our house, whether it would have been like, I think the wedding singer used to like, cause I've got an older brother and sister and it kind of like really tapped into the trifecta of the siblings and yes. had, a bit, had a bit of something for everyone. And then I kind of like, I remember having a pirate video of the animal that I absolutely <laughs> love. Wow. Really, really into it. As we call on the show, a cheeky copy. It's cheeky copy. <laughs> yeah, I had, a che- I had the cheekiest of copies. I remember like... It's a cheeky movie. I begged my mum, because my mum just had all these like weird connections, being able to like, you just say, oh, I really want to see that film. And mum like, yeah, yeah, I know a guy from work who can get it. So, animal. <laughs> love that. And this is like seared into my brain as like a really, I don't know, like lovely moment between my family of going to see Mr. Deeds at the cinema. <laughs> it's me, my mum, nice. my sister. And um, the moment when John Turturro smashes like Mr. Deeds in the foot with the uh, fire poker, yeah. my mum just gasped in the cinema. Just like, <laughs> And like it's just kind of like that that moment it's just kind of like on i don't know it'll be on her tombstone basically <laughs> what i will remember her as <laughs> Incredible. what a shocking thing to put on your tombstone <laughs> <laughs> 
A little looping gif. There was that thing going around recently of what gif would you put on your tombstone if you could? My my mum throwing popcorn up in the air in the cinema and possibly getting the biggest laugh of the (laughs) (laughs) Stealing the laughs away from the Sandman. Hmm. So you've got some classic memories. It's you. It's 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 a uh, it's a production company that's warm in your heart. I I would say so. I yeah. Even to the fact of like, I remember being like, I don't know why, me and my old flatmates got excited to watch the ridiculous six, hmm. and, it, and and that's like that's only what a couple a few years ago. So it's like I sh- I should have been old enough. So, <laughs> Uh, at so that six, point, in my like six or seven years ago now. Yeah, I was in my still in my mid twenties. Do you know what I mean? It's like <laughs> you should know better by now. And um the do over as well. I remember like as soon as that came on Netflix, I watched that and I was like, again, like, why am I doing like <laughs> like I genuinely can't remember the last Happy Madison film that I kind of went, This is amazing. I, I worked at the cinema in like two thousand and 11 so it would have been like jack and jill era mm, good era so i've i've seen like duncacino tons of times. <laughs> who hasn't <laughs> <laughs> so yeah they, they they've just always been there haven't they it's kind of like happy like happy madison is almost like i don't know like, like athlete's foot like once it's kind <laughs> of once it's in your life it's very hard to get rid of it it keeps coming back and it's oddly comforting yeah, yeah, yeah. So kind of here we are. Scratch, scratching that athlete's foot. He's kind of like, <laughs> it's, it's irritating, but at the same time, weirdly pleasurable. Feels like home. <laughs> I've got to ask, if you um, if you rushed to watch The Ridiculous Six and The Do-Over, mm-hmm. were you there for the week of? No, I think, so the week of would have been 2018, right? Yeah. I was possibly busy, like, <laughs> Become, like being a new father by the time that one came out mm, or like father of the year it sounds yeah, like. <laughs> yeah yeah so like i would like 2018 was very much like not a write-off like it was kind of but like my my movie going uh a, a yeah. definitely kind of slowed down a bit even though it kind of it feels like the type of thing i, I maybe would have watched during like a a, a feed or something kind of half mm. like Oh, I don't know what's going on. Sandler's <laughs> comforting. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm just suddenly very curious about this because it does seem like it's the one Sandler Netflix film that people don't talk about, but it's so far it's the only one I really liked. It, it was good. It was really well, not really good. It was. It was. It was. Yeah. It was. It was different. It was. It was different. <laughs> it was something. It tried to be something which so many of these films do not. I definitely remember seeing the trailer for it and like thinking this looks like a departure from the kind of like gross out or like I don't know like borderline offensive film. It kind of looks like a two-hander between him and Chris. It's it's not quite that. It's I was thinking about. I I haven't been able to stop thinking about the week of. Fuck! It's really embedded itself. It really has. It reminds the more I was thinking about it the other day, I was like, it's kind of like a seventies movie. Oh, like, mm. like this feels like a movie out of time and where it's just the plot is that there is a wedding and people are coming to it. <laughs> I don't know. I like it. It's good stuff. Um 
I'll bring up the week of more as we talk about this film <laughs> because I ended up comparing it a lot. Did you? <laughs> okay. Well, not a lot, but not really. But well, not is it just being like that film was good and this one is bad? Um, yeah. Well, more and <laughs> I guess the only thing I really compared it was just I remember I read so many reviews saying that the week of is just a lazy film, and I was like, if anyone calls this a fucking, if anyone calls the week of lazy, watch fucking Father of the Year. You don't fucking know. <laughs> you don't, you don't know, know anything. Laziness is. <laughs> um, uh, speaking Josh, of, do you want to know what this film is about? You got a little um, IMDb plot synopsis. I'd right, say cheeky, yeah. but that would imply that it's been pirated. In some it's not way. been. It's not been written by a pirate, no. Yeah. <clears throat> when two buddies' drunken debate about whose father would win in a fight is taken seriously by one of their fathers, things go bad. Josh. <laughs> <laughs> Jobs are lost, relationships ruined, futures destroyed, and middle-aged men are knocked out. In this coming-of-age story about two recent college graduates spending a few weeks at home before they move to New York, our best friends come to grips with who their fathers really are as they start to see the world with adult eyes. Written by Fabulous Baker Boy, dash 99990. <laughs> But yeah, there we go. That's it. That's Father of the Year. Um, well, I've got I've got some stats. I've got some crazy stats. Um, yeah. This one is directed by Tyler Spindell. He's, I believe Who... this is his first, uh, this is his directorial debut. A debut. What's that? A de- <laughs> de- debut. A debut, yeah. Um, I'm just was it? checking if it is his directorial debut. Feature length. Yeah, this is it. He yeah, he's done. He did some episodes of uh, Nick Swardson's Pretend Time, which is a Happy Madison production. Why haven't we done that? Because you said you don't want to do any more TV. Oh yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's because our point. episodes Thank of you. the Goldbergs was like the most depressing episode we've done. <laughs> <laughs> Where you just like talked about how you wanted to kill yourself or what? <laughs> yeah, well, like, what can I say? Maybe I want that again. This won't be the last time we deal with Tyler Spindell because he also directs 2020's The Wrong Missy um, and also directs um, uh, the uh, Rob Schneider comedy special that we won't be covering called Asian Mama Mexican Kids. So, you know, that's going to be really uh, good. Oh, a, uh, a little a little fun fact about Tyler Spindell. He is Adam Sandler's nephew or cousin, I believe. So, like, the, yeah, the, one of the things I looked at really took a deep dive on this, and I'm sure we'll get into it throughout, is is the nepotism throughout Happy Madison. Mm. Uh, obviously, like, doing a Coppola podcast, a lot of the time I kind of have that conversation with people about the kind of perceived nepotism of the Coppola family and mm-hmm. I find it I find it fascinating when <laughs> in comparison to the Happy Madison like stable because it's like oh the Coppolas feel like that's not nepotism at all that is going oh, I, I see that Sophia's quite talented I'll, mm. I'll, I'll help her out to make a film whereas this is Oh, this person can't even like maintain a nine to five job. <laughs> right. 
director film. Like, I mean, this this one also features uh, Jared Sandler, who I believe is his nephew. Yeah. Um, and uh, Jackie, and one of oh, and Jackie, of course, Jackie. <laughs> Um, Jackie, who is like a full-time like actor, she used to just pop up in cameos, and she is now just like full-time supporting actress in all yeah. of these movies. It's incredible. Um, but one of my notes is just Jared Sandler is a really unlikable screen presence. He's hideous um, in this film, but yeah. Uh, but yes, uh, this one stars David Spade, Woo. Um, Academy Award winner Nat Faxon. Woo! Um, uh, Disney Channel star Joey Bragg. Woo. Matt Shively. I got nothing on him. Woo. And uh, Disney Channel star Bridget Mendler. Woo. Uh, This came out on the 20th of July, 2018. Uh, Once again, the budget has remained a secret. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 30 mil. Maybe. (laughs) Yeah, I, I, I... it, could it cost more than Joe Dirt 2? Was it yeah. was, I was very close to recommending Joe Dirt 2 for context on this. I'm so <laughs> glad you didn't sit down and watch Joe Dirt 2. Absolutely, never do it. Never, never, never do it. <laughs> that was the thing. I was like, I can't recommend anyone watch Joe Dirt 2, even you for have this to, podcast. You have to explicitly pay for that one as well. Oh, no, thank you. There's no there's no other way of getting it. <laughs> I had to rent it through Rakuten. I had to make a Rakuten account. I fucking own it now. I know you do. Jesus. Um, and of course, as this was released to Netflix, uh, it did not uh, make any money at the box office. But if you uh, didn't want to watch this that weekend and said go to the cinema, you could have seen at number one at the box office, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. And open that week. Uh, um, is that the first one or the second no, it's one? It's the second one. Ah. The one with the laser-pointed dinosaur. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen it. Exciting, though. And number two, in its second week, you had Incredibles 2. Yeah, I haven't seen that either. It's good. I watched it again this year. It was fun. Nice. Um, it's not as good as the first one, but it's good. Yeah. And number three, in its third week... Ocean's Eight. Mm. Okay. It was all right. Of I haven't seen. <laughs> um, number four uh, in its second week, a uh, film that I thought was awful. Tag. I've oh. seen that. <laughs> I've seen that one. <laughs> Didn't That's hate one. it. Didn't oh, hate I, it. I hated Didn't tag. hate it. Oh my god, Josh! You just had a go at me about like performative <laughs> wokeism in Ted Lasso. <laughs> Fuck me, and you're like now you're like fucking tags a masterpiece. Like, oh, I never. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you could pick out of that film and realize that one of the main characters has cancer the entire way through, if you could pick that up, you're a genius. Yeah, that's, that's what you called, like. That's you called like a bad Shia- writing. You like a Shyamalan <laughs> twist at the end, don't you? Just like, oh, that's why this is happening. Also, if it, if, it, if it was tag and it all turned out that they were on a beach that made you old, I'd, <laughs> I'd have the biggest fucking boner for that movie. My favorite bit of that film is trying to spot which scenes um, what's his face has broken arms in. Jeremy Renner. Jeremy Renner. Yeah. It has a weird subplot about like losing a baby that is a lie, and it's awful. I don't remember that at all. <laughs> I've seen this film multiple times. Oh. 
Jeremy Renner and like his wife to be are like to get out of the game. They like lie. About, oh like, yeah, they keep. <laughs> they like lie about like her having a miscarriage. Yeah, and it's yeah. fucking awful. It's good stuff. Are you sure and... that's not a Happy Madison? <laughs> <laughs> it feels <laughs> like it, doesn't out. it? Fucking could be, but I think it's got too succinct a plot. <laughs> Uh, and at number five, in its six weeks at the box office, fucking hell, these films hang on for a long time. Deadpool 2. Ah, uh, haven't seen it. A lot of sequels then. Yeah. A lot yeah. of sequels. Only one non-sequel. Yeah, I was going to say four out of five in the top ten. Fuck. I'll say Deadpool 2, I like more than Deadpool 1, and I hmm. still think I don't really want to watch either again. Brilliant. Um, and of course, this film has a Rotten Tomato score of zero percent. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> yeah, um, fair enough. I believe uh, one of two movies we've been covering has zero percent. This and the Ridiculous Six. Yes, yes, yes I think yes, Master yes. of Skies had one. One percent. One percent. Fine. <laughs> Fine. Fine. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Um. And that's, yeah, here we are. Petros, as you're our guest, please tell us, what did you think of Tyler Spindell's Father of the Year? <laughs> um, I genuinely was like, as, as as I was watching the film, as it was kind of like teetering to the edge and, 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 and like getting to the end of the runtime, I just kept thinking like, I can't remember what happened at the start of this. Yes. My brain was actively kind of like pushed out as it came in. It was it was like like yeah like a meat grinder. Of just, no, no, you do not need you do not need any of this. I just found it like again like many Happy Madison films. It's kind of quite repugnant. I don't understand what the fuck David Spade is doing. In, no anything he's doing the kind of like as, as josh said with like the kind of plot of the film like that kind of like setup of the dads fighting like they 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 blow their load what within the first 15 minutes or 20 minutes yeah it's, tops it's I, uh, one of my notes again on this is just um this and this has happened a lot on films we've covered lately <laughs> it's another one of these movies that feels like it started in the middle of the movie yeah. yeah right like i mean how many times we sat here and been like this film did not need or like fuck's sake another like flashback intro to the 80s or flashback to the 70s or whatever this is another one like what was the other one the do-over that Do really yeah. needs it like who these people are i need <laughs> to know what kind of a father not Joe Dirt was. I cut. Yeah, I kind of want to. Yeah, you want to see him actually raising his son rather than yeah. like his son coming home and just like him being that person. I have no idea how this man raised this kid. Like it doesn't work. No, it, al it almost feels like at a point they like had made a mini series and then like gone. Oh, this doesn't sustain a miniseries about like these kind of different plots in this town. Let's just like edit it all together because there's scenes mm. in here that I can't tell you why they exist in the kind of propulsion of this story. Yeah, the internal logic of the film makes absolutely no sense in <laughs> like 
they will like destroy like there is a moment when a hardware store is destroyed <laughs> and, and nobody bats an eyelid do you know what I mean they kind of just go like oh what an what a naughty boy like my my you better get out of here but then the film doesn't keep to its own internal logic where it's like <laughs> In another scene, it will be like there are real world consequences. Oh yeah, I mean, he no. they they destroy um, a greenhouse, a, a greenhouse, yeah. and that is essentially becomes the plot of the movie. That's the plot of the film. Is that um, uh, Joey Bragg and David Spade, father and son, mm. um, fall off a roof and crash into a greenhouse and. For some reason, Joey Bragg has to now dig a pool um, <laughs> to get charges dropped against him to get a job back that he'd already lost. Like, I was like, yeah, <laughs> logic is so all over the place. Um, and yeah, he then destroys the hardware store and it's not part of the plot. I like this has got terrible messaging for anyone. Like, if you are like a kind of impressionable 15 year old watching this, mm. it very much teaches you that, like, don't take no for an answer. Whether it's like with women or even like they've fired you from this job, it's like persist anyway, you will get it. Coupled with like him going, like, oh, this girl I fancy works for Postmates, so what I'll do is is I will camp outside all day and order Postmates until she turns up and persistently throughout the film. Go. Outwardly tells him, like, I don't want to be with you. I don't want to yes. be your fling. Yeah. <laughs> Which, like, when you first hear that line, you're like, oh, this is this is quite progressive. Do you know what I mean? And then it's like, no, it is not. No. Because, like, the, the plot of this film is him grinding her down until she will succumb to his, like, lack of charm like I, yeah, there's not a single like charming person in this and it reminded me so much of like a load of like better films were put into like the the brundle fly machine and then kind oh, of fuck it, this came out because you have like and even the cast like uh is it yeah matt shively who plays larry just looks like the poor man's adam divine from yeah yeah totally get that and, oh, and then you've got what baby Martin Starr played by? Oh, that would that really like? Um, yeah, I've got to know. PJ yeah. is a shit bill from Freaks and Geeks. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. The the, the the Larry character who, about halfway through the film, they introduce the plot like you have no ambition. Um, His fucking um, plot is just insane. It, it gets resolved in what must be one of the most happy madison ways <laughs> what can we do for someone with no ambition joins the navy yeah <laughs> so, no he doesn't he joins the marines like joins he, the marines yeah, like and it's just like everyone like it reminded me of that bit in uh grown-ups too where like stone cold is like my son's in the in the army and um Zander's like he's a good boy yeah thank you for your service <laughs> thank you for your service <laughs> and it's just like incredibly right-wing view of american military which <laughs> is so sad after the week of and mm. what i felt was satire of that kind of shit completely They've undone it. Well, I'll say this. Um, 
Adam Sandler is not a producer on this one. Yeah. yeah. We know yeah. the big bad guy, the big <laughs> evil puppet master of 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 the Happy Madison front uh, the production house, Alan Covert. Yeah, <laughs> is he the main boy on this? He is the main producer on this film. He was also yes. a producer in the week of alongside Adam Sandler, but um, mm. it seems like he's stepping up and he's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make my mark on the motion picture world now. Has he has he had sole producer credit before? Um, not to my knowledge. I think the only other film I've noticed that Sandler didn't produce that we've covered is um Joe Dirt 2. Right. But Jackie's here. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Jackie's a movie star now, Josh. She's she's what the audience come out to see. Right, Actually, yes, yes. <laughs> speaking of what the audience come out to see, um what has shocked me most in this sort of Netflix series of movies? Mm is it seems clear and the way that Netflix keep going back to him is that David Spade is apparently a big draw on Netflix. Yeah. Because I mean, it could be, it could be like the Joe dirt effects. It could be like, the thing is like, we've had, I I, I said this last week in that I don't think uh, a movie that's like the do over would have been funded by uh, um, one of the big, theatrical studios Mm. because i don't think a studio would put money behind a movie where david spade is the second lead they would want Mm. someone more than that to go up with adam sandler Mm. and yet david spade this is you know another film where he is the lead this is not our last film where he's the lead for netflix he's Mm. also like hosting stuff for netflix now yeah he's doing the after party yeah like he's become like kind of a thing. I'm just like, why? Why did this happen? <laughs> what, what I find fascinating about all these kind of Happy Madison guys is that like it feels like these films, if I like the studio, are the films for them. And I'm like terrified to figure out what is a film for, for, for yeah, for, for, for yeah, for like for someone else. Do you know what I mean? Where it's like one for them, one for me. And it feels like the Happy Madison ones are the ones for me. And it's like. What has David Spade got to do to pay the bills? It's <laughs> like father, father of the year is. I, I just don't. I just don't know how anyone could read that script and go. Some good stuff in there, and <laughs> we've got an Academy Award-winning scriptwriter as as one mm. of the co-stars in this. It's like, what did Nat Faxon read in that script and go? You know what? There's a lot, lot, lot for me to chew over here. I mean, I'm going to say, uh, someone once said to me that uh, that Nat Faxon um, script win, that's not, that was a long version after they'd written that script uh, for The Descendants. I think Alexander Payne had taken that script and essentially reworked it, but through WGA rules, they're still okay. like credited on it. But um, sorry, I just... like Nat Faxon, and Nat Faxon is another netflix boy at this point right is he sorry so i just want to say Jackson. alan cover is also the only producer on uh the wrong missy so he's sort of taking Ooh. over this uh him and spade are forming an alliance fuck god that's interesting i hate it um 
Yeah, Nat Faxon, he's got this. He he has quite a big role in what's it called? Friends from College. Mm-hmm. Okay, I never saw Netflix that. show. Um, and he also recently was in, what's it called? Yes Day. Okay. He's again got a, li- a little bit of a role in that. He's got a presence. He's, he's like a, a sketch comedy day. guy, right? Like he started out with like Paul Shear and Aziz Ansari. Aziz Ansari really? on um, uh, is it Human Giant, the Netflix sketch show? Not Netflix, MTV <laughs> sketch show. Well, um, he's also like writing and directing partners with Jim Rash from yeah. mm. so like their film The Way Way Back and even like the remake of Force Majeure that came out last year mm. Downhill are like kind of offbeat like do you know what I mean a bit more like dramedies. Yeah, dramedies. yeah 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 kind of like yeah you'd see a couple of reefs on the poster whereas like, <laughs> it, like here it very much feels like he's he's slumming it and like uh, yeah, I, I think he's kind of unbearable in this film. Yeah, mm. yeah. <laughs> as, uh, you know, as unbearable as Spade is, the scenes with Nat Faxon's character just playing the biggest fucking wimp and every like in every sort of stereotypical way, so annoying. I like so his face, dull. though. I like I his face. He, like his nice to look at. Goofy face. I, I, oh. I think he looks like David Spade and uh, Dave England from Jackass kind of melted. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> Cracked it. I can see that 100%. Um, so, yeah, like, Josh, you always... Do you, did, you, did you laugh in this? Uh, two 0.5 laughs. I for have a total like, of one. I have like a 0.25 laugh. Ooh, go on. Um, and it was right at the beginning oh. of the movie. <laughs> oh no, that's around the time I make the note. We're in for a bad time. Um, <laughs> uh, I just laughed. Uh, um, uh, there's a scene at the beginning of the movie to show how much of like uh, a shit head <laughs> David Spade is. Yeah, he gets into what he calls a pool, which yes, is yes. the back of a truck that he's filled yes. with water. Um, and he asks them to turn on the jacuzzi, which is just um, an egg beater, an electric egg beater. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, that is the only moment of joy I had in this movie because I was just like, well, that's quite like unique. Just this egg beater being thought of as a jacuzzi and it's like clearly not doing anything. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. Ha. And, yeah, it's um, pretty, it's pretty good. and and that's it. That was that was the first time I, this movie made me sort of like smile at all, um, like a sort of like a wistful smile from me. Mm. And um, and then the rest of it is is just absolute crap. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, that's that's my that's my winning moment. That's your win, right? Okay. Didn't you didn't share that with me? I'm guessing. No, now that you've said it, that is exactly the time I wrote down we're in for a bad time. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was, it was that the high point of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, my 0.5 laughs. Uh, one comes from the moment where randomly they go to a race. <laughs> oh, and um, the guy from Law and Order's there. The guy from Oz is there. <laughs> the guy from, is he in 30 Rock as well? Yeah. I wrote his name in, down. Dean uh, Winters. Dean Winters, yeah. Dean he's, Winters. Like, he's like ultimate sort of like asshole guy. Yeah, he's yeah. The, 
the vulture in Brooklyn. Brooklyn Nine. Nine, Nine that's yeah. it. Yeah, of course. And he's and he he's actually he's he's Cassidy on Law and Order SVU, which I don't know if I've ever brought up on the show, but I'm like a big secret Law and Order SVU fan. I think you have mentioned it. Yeah, that's really very good. Confused. <laughs> yeah, no one believes me when I tell them, I and then I'm just you, like, ba, 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 da, da. <laughs> it's a good show. I think so. Sorry, I think someone. Can you hear someone pushing a shopping trolley down the street outside? My oh, house? I thought someone was like making margaritas. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Um, yeah. So they get to the race, and it's a it's a it's a husband wife race. Yeah. So th- this is yeah. This is this is weirdly brought up through a text message. Yeah. That David Spade sends to his son. Um, asking him if he wants to join him in a husband and wife race, and we're supposed—I I, I, like when that came up. I was like, are we supposed to know what that means? <laughs> Is this a popular thing? I have no idea. I've, yeah, I have no idea. But it's just—it's insanity. And then he's just like, "No, I want to do it with my son because my wife is dead. dead. But she's and not we buried dead. her today." Yeah. <laughs> I've just this googled it. Husband wife race is a real. It's actually um. It's a Finnish tradition. Ah. Um. Wife carrying. Good. Um. Yeah, it was first introduced in Finland, so you know, I guess they'd seen this be a thing, and uh, decided to <laughs> incorporate it. Let's see that. That will make a good midpoint for the film. I yeah. think it's a midpoint. I don't know. But, um, Honestly, if you're gonna use that, make that the end point of your film. Make that the thing you're building towards. Yeah, this film builds to nothing, but still, it's fine. Uh, the bit that builds got to me... a good boy joining the Marines, Josh. <laughs> That's all good film shit. Um, yeah, the bit that got me. Yeah, yeah, the bit that got me is they're crawling through some mud, and then at a point, a random guy just picks up a beer cooler and throws it into a couple that we haven't <laughs> seen before. <laughs> And then it zooms in on him, going like, yeah. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, I adore physical violence. You know, you know this. Anything with that. So that was half a laugh. Not, Second, not quite as good as the egg beater, I gotta say. Not, no, it's not as cerebral, but you know, it, it has a certain charm. And the second one, what does this film have, Jack? Uh, does it have an angry animal attack? It has an angry animal attack, but it's a first... <laughs> It's a first, Jack. It's a is first it, for an angry animal attack. Is it an angry human attacking an animal? No. We've had <laughs> that before. Well, we had an angry human turned into an animal. No, this is this is actually an angry animal attacking an animal, but neither of them are real. It's in VR, baby. Yeah, because this takes place in the fucking weird oh VR scene. I forgot about the VR <laughs> scene. The VR scene, which is also like heavily featured in the trailer for this movie. Is it? Yeah. They're like, like, hey guys, this is a selling point of um the movie. Also, did you recognize who voiced the boss? I had to look it up, but <laughs> makes so, sense. It's our boy Kevin Nealon. Of course. <laughs> of course. Best yeah. part of um, Bucky Larson himself. He's back. He's back. Finally on top form. But yeah, this is a moment when, as we were talking about earlier with the whole not taking no for an answer, David Spade and son 
go to the headquarters of ISG Energy. Yeah. Is that what it's called? And that's where... Generic company that Jerry Bragg wants to work for. Yeah, that's some sort of, like, shit-hot renewable energy company. Um, That raises a question. Why does he support his friend joining the Marines? You'd think those two things are diametrically opposed, but anyway. No, because you can can still want to save... They're both saving the planet in their own way. I I guess that's true. I guess that is true. America, Um, Josh. America. America. Uh, yeah, so they, for, for reasons Kevin Nealon isn't there, maybe budget, who knows? But what they do have the budget for do is you think, weird yeah, yeah. So if they didn't have the budget to get Nealon there, but they could spend all that money <laughs> on that beautiful CGI. Maybe it was like Kevin Nealon said, I, I don't want to do it, Alan, but I will only do it if it is in VR. I, I My favorite part of this VR segment is uh, at one point Kevin Nealon is like, I love it when people don't understand <laughs> VR. And I was just like, you guys don't understand VR. <laughs> you don't understand this. I, none of this is how VR works. <laughs> no. I liked it. But anyway, as they're sitting down, they're squatting. That's why I don't like as well. As in the in the VR room, in the physical room that they're in, there are chairs. It's just they aren't. They don't line up with where the chairs are in the VR yeah. universe. This, so again, they have to awkwardly this, squat. This this film does not understand virtual reality. As someone <laughs> as someone who owns a PSVR, oh, yeah. um, I was very Flex. offended by this movie. <laughs> okay, look at you. Um, yeah, no, I get it. But there's a bit where. David Spade is a kangaroo. He's getting freaked out, and then he just he just <laughs> slow looks down, to his... slow down. He's a kangaroo. Why is he a kangaroo? No reason. Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to drop a secret reason. No, no, no. Like... it's just when they get into the VR world, he is a kangaroo. His son is a monkey, and uh, Kevin Nealon is, is a polar, polar bear. bear. Right, so that's all three. God, I remember the bird. Yeah, so who's the bird, Jack? (laughs) Who's the bird? The bird is the angry animal. The bird is the angry animal, and David Spade just looks to his left and sees a bird coming towards... It's a pelican, and it's just like, huh, a pelican, and that just fucking takes them out. For no reason. And then that's that's the next five (laughs) minutes. It's him just having a fight with this pelican, going around the office, kicking people in the face. He's also being affected by the pelican as if he's wearing like a like a, a haptic suit. suit. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Ready like, player one. Ready. Fuck um, off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh man, I forget. That's like yeah, this is like the big climax of the movie. It's also like the part of the movie where we're suddenly supposed to see Joey Bragg learn some respect for his dad. Yeah. One of my notes is. Like Joey learns no fucking lesson. <laughs> like, like it's like there is no, there's no lessons learned by anyone. Joey learns that um, if he uh, doesn't stop pestering a girl, she will fall in love with him. Uh, he yes. learns um, that his his dad is better than some stuffed shirt polar bear, um, yeah, slash alien. And he he learns. Um, I love the. He learns how to. He learns how to kind of dig a pool. Yeah, what well, that thing? The whole thing is like they do, they don't make enough effort to kind of like him to. Uh, there's a couple of like throwaway lines of him be like, "I hate this town." 
Do you know what I mean? For yeah. it to be like the the biggest takeaway from it is him kind of going like, you know what? I don't need the big city. I'm gonna stay here where my roots are and like enjoy this small town. It's like, well, no, you you, you can't work at that company now anyway because your dad. But again, either way, and it's like you just want to get your end away with this girl that you've spent yeah, the yeah, last yeah, yeah, yeah. two it's weeks kind of pestering. Again, it just ties back right back into that like wildly right-wing america like fuck moving to new york mm-hmm. like these fucking big city weird ceos who turn themselves into polar bears they're not the real america the Freaks. real the real america they go to hardware stores they swim in the creek they join um, the marines they join the and marines. they use they use petrol they don't use any of this newfangled renewable energy josh it's you missed trucks. you missed one angry animal attack did I? Yeah. Uh, the fish in the creek. Oh, the fish, yeah. That, that, that scene is insufferable because it feels like it's setting up for something. And then the moment it kind of gets to the attack where you think there's going to be some kind of like comedy payoff of like you see the fish or like, I don't I don't know, it's, it's caught on his dick or something. Yeah, right. He's going to be coming out of the water, flapping I it about. Thought... Hard cut, next scene. Let's fuck that up. Cuts the next scene, and then it like talks about them having not seen the actual fish. Like, we haven't seen it as well. I thought it was going to be a sort of like, that scene in Stand By Me, and yeah. it was going to be loads of leeches or something. Yeah. And like, yeah, leech on dick. It writes itself. And it writes does, itself. They no, do it, it wrote in itself. Stand... It's in Stand By Me. Yeah, it's in Stand By Me. <laughs> oh, wait, you can't see that. I've got a Stand By Me poster up there. <laughs> <laughs> And he's got leeches. He's got leeches. On his dick. On it, well, no, it's on Keith. It doesn't happen in the film, but, you know, oh, they've all got leeches. Anyway, yeah, like, leech dick is an affecting Josh, scene. I've never that. looked at that poster before. I've never looked at anything before. Everything is just, it's, it's yeah. new. It's all new, constantly. But, yeah, just, just something, and they just fucking... Like, the, the message of this film is... Um, uh, Never leave town. Um, Settle down with a nice girl who's going to help her dad expand his hardware store. And uh, and that's that's it. That's another good point about, you know, how the main guy destroys the hardware store. He does it in front of the owner's daughter. Yeah. And she's just like... (laughs) What an adorable clutch. I'm going to give you two more numbers on my phone. (laughs) i give you phone numbers and then later bring you a very big piece of hardware to help drill through the skull of a postman. I thought you were referring to hardware as all the drugs she brings in. Oh, no. Oh, fuck that too! <laughs> God. Um, I want to give a little little bit of um, history on the movie, yeah. uh, because this is one of my favourite things. It wasn't always called Father of the Year. <gasps> it's called Bad Neighbours. <laughs> The original title when this was announced was Who Do You Think Would Win? What? <laughs> Who do you think would win? <laughs> Is that just for the poster? <laughs> it's called Who Do You Think Would Win? <laughs> the only problem was they had that on the poster with David Spade and Nat Faxon and like only <laughs> four like, people had <laughs> Yeah, four people had ideas. <laughs> Three people knew who they both were. Well, the, the thing is, the kind of like the elevator pitch for this film is basically fist fight that came out the year before with Charlie Day oh, yeah. and Ice Cube. That kind of thing of like, 
two diametrically opposed people, do you know what I mean? Like kind of mm. being matched up for a fight. But as yeah, as I said earlier, like that isn't like if it was called Who Do You Think Would Win? Like, well, we figure that out pretty quickly. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like we like the stall is set really early on that Nat Nat Faxon's Mardi is like a wet blanket and mm. David Spade is kind of this drug addled, booze addled maniac who will mm. who will kind of fight you until he's knocked down and then just get back up and then wake up in the morning and have no recollection <laughs> of anything that happened. Um uh it's perfect. Well that's why they didn't call it Who Do You Think Would Win? They instead retitled it Graduates. Ah <laughs> makes more sense. Does it? They just didn't want people to get confused with the Dustin Hoffman, <laughs> you know, the graduate, thinking it's some kind of like what? sequel. Sequel, yeah. <laughs> UK. What's his name? Larry. Larry bangs. Larry bangs an old lady. In Larry this. bangs an old lady, just like in the graduate. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like in the graduate. It's just like in the graduate. And of course, and this... they're building a pool. <laughs> and there is a pool in. The oh graduate. my god! It's happened. And oh, man, thingy like, Sandler, like, thingy like... Sandler, wait, wait, one more. Thingy Sandler looks like either Simon or Garfunkel. <laughs> Jared Sandler. <laughs> Jared Sandler. So it's fucking. It's all there. This is a like... remake. I've you're right. This is four stars now. The, like the thing is, like when you think about the graduate and how it was supposed to sort of like signify like that that new coming of age, the sort of like sixties sort of child. Mm. It was mm. it was a film like people people went to see that and they were like, we haven't seen anything like this before. It it, it was a statement film. Mm. <laughs> there is no less of a statement film than I Father know. of the Year. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I've just I've just started thinking about it now. No, you haven't. You've given you've you given haven't me... actually started thinking. Well, about no, it. I never I never think. I don't have a thought in my head. But thinking about what you're saying about you know the graduate is an allegory for what it is to come of age in the sixties. Well, I mean, yeah. This is maybe this is the film of what it's like to come of age in the late noughties. Sure, not um, not um, uh, book smart. I'm not saying it's the best version of what <laughs> this could be. I'm not saying it's the best version. You're saying it's a version. It's quite accurate. It's quite accurate of people coming out of university and being like, "I'm going to move to big city. I'm going to help save the world." Is it quite accurate, in. or is it just another one? Uh, <sighs> Name another. I did. The, I named, I named <laughs> not book smart. Not book smart. smart. That's too not easy. Book smart. That's so. So la- la- different. What book about Lady different. Bird? Book smart. No, that's also it's different because those are about have, women. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those are about uh, no, because that mm. also just like this isn't what this is about. <laughs> well, this film is about because because also this film isn't about that. It's about their dads as well. But it's not because it, like, well, it is because it's because it's weirdly, on the poster. Well, it's on the poster, and like, <laughs> like, there's the scene where like um, Larry and Marty. Also, like, is it? It's this joke that his name isn't Marty; it's Marty with a D. 
I like an Arctic Monkey song. I guess so. I don't know what that means. Come um, on. Because um, you haven't heard of Death Grip, then I haven't heard of Arctic Monkeys. I've heard of the Arctic Monkeys, but I don't know who they are. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. I like the name. Uh, I'm, they... I'm sorry. I have to interject. <laughs> you, you have seen close to every single Happy Madison film, yet you do not know who the Arctic Monkeys are, Jack. I'm. I, this is. They've this got. Is, they've got that mind. album cover that has the guy who kind of looks like Adam Sandler on it, and he's That's like true. blue. That's true. That's the. That's Arctic album. Monkeys, right? Yeah. Yep. I couldn't tell you. Like, <laughs> I'm trying to think of an Arctic Monkey song that I know, and all I can think of is "Yellow" by Coldplay. Fuck! <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm. I'm trying so hard to toe the line between being like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" and also not wanting to sound like an enemy dad. Do you know what I mean? Like, I can't. Or like, gonna, do you know I'm going to see the Foo Fighters next year? Fuck! <laughs> I know who they are. That's more Kerrang. <laughs> Um, I know who they are because Dave Grohl was in the Muppets 2011. Uh, <laughs> um, wow. Uh, uh, but yes, th- this is about as much about the dads as it is about the graduates. <laughs> More so because they renamed it Father of the Year. Um, uh, but this is there's the scene where like Larry takes Marty to. Um, to go meet his like drug dealer yeah. and like we have to deal with all that and like this film <laughs> we have to deal with all that we do <laughs> and then we have to deal sure. with an alan Kovac cameo fucking i hated that <laughs> hated that i think around that scene it got the one kind of titter out of me which i don't know why but the kind of weird inward rapping the, the drug dealer <laughs> really got me because he's just kind of going like, <laughs> and it just like it's just like this is fucking weird i will <laughs> say like i didn't laugh but the bit when uh, uh marty has sobered up and is watching like a rap video on tv and he's like this is rap trey is much better than this <laughs> i was just like okay <laughs> Yeah, nice. Weird callback to that scene. <laughs> um, but yeah, there is this like, it's this weird thing of like, Marty has to find like self respect for himself in this movie <laughs> mm. because his son, his stepson, keeps pissing in everything that he owns. It's good stuff. I did not like that stepson. Did no. not have time for that. No, did not enjoy that moment where he's like, I'm sleeping with mum tonight. I sleep with mum tonight. It sounded like he was going to fuck her. All all of that stuff with the little kid, like... Aiden. Yeah, no no offence if you know any Aidens, but that is like, if if you think of a kid who's going to be a bit of a shit, (laughs) it's the name you would pick. (laughs) It's close enough to Damien. Yeah. I'm trying to think if I know anyone called Aiden before I weigh in. I don't think I do. There's a there's a really good episode of King of the Hill. Well, they're all good episodes of King of the Hill that deals with um, Hank having to deal with a precocious child and the parents just saying like, oh, he's just different. He's gifted. He wants to play with you. 
And mm. like this film tries to do that, but in a much worse way. Yes. The best way is just Hank having to deal with a child who comes and rides his bike on Hank's lawn and <laughs> then gives him a nickname called Dusty Old Bones Full of Old <laughs> Dust. Good stuff. It's good stuff. I like King of the Hill. Bring it back. <laughs> Everything's coming back. Why not bring King of the Hill back? I'll tell you what. <laughs> it was good. <laughs> One day I'll watch it. Propane and propane accessories. Yeah, all I know is propane. Yeah. I cooked you a meal on propane recently. Propane. You did. <laughs> <laughs> Just like Hank Hill. Just like. Um, um, basically, what I'm saying is I wish I was watching King of the Hill mm. instead of Father of the Year. Mm. To be honest, a lot of this feels like it could have been a King of the Hill plot. You mentioned the kind of ongoing joke about the piss. <laughs> like, I did. Like, <laughs> thank we, you for bringing it back. Well, I just wanted to like delve into like one of the other ongoing jokes throughout this film, which is David Spade's character's like just blatant racism, and it's like, yeah, you get the joke right at the beginning, which like I would argue is probably when you wrote Josh that we're in for a bad time. Oh yeah, that could be true. He says, oh, like. Like he says, I'm colorblind. He says something to disagree. Yeah, I'm colorblind. I once told a black joke to a black guy, and you think, oh, yeah, we're in for a, we're, we're like, it's all, it's all downhill from here. And then I was like, that just felt like a very bad joke. Like, hopefully they're going to drop it. It probably uh-huh. made what it rears its head two, three more times. So yeah. there's the scene where he's in the waiting room where he's about to tell a black guy a joke, and then you also find out he was fired from a job for telling an Asian joke to an Asian guy. Yeah. It's, it's good, good stuff. stuff it? it's, it's, good really, stuff. It's, it's really well written um, by uh, Brandon Kurnoya and Tyler Spindle. Who the, who the fuck is... Who, who's, <laughs> Bra- who's Brandon Kurnoya? Oh, additional crew on Click. Yeah. Additional I, crew on Jack and Joe. And he is like childhood friends with Tyler Spindell. So like this film is not nepotism on nepotism. It's like Tyler Spindell has only been given this job because of his relation to Adam Sandler. And it's like, oh, can you brought all your goofy mates along? Can I like bring mine along as well? (laughs) No, stop giving people stuff. There's talented people out there struggling. Stop giving them to these doofuses. Brandon Kurnoyer, this is his only writing credit, but he does come back to co-produce The Wrong Messy. Well, it's interesting. So he, I'm looking at his additional crew career. Yes. So 2006, production assistant on Click. 2009, set production assistant on Funny People. I don't know if that's a promotion. I don't know. 2011, office production assistant on Jack and Jill. I'm not lie. That sounds like a demotion. Yeah, <laughs> Don't, you're not allowed on set anymore. And then 2013, production assistant on Grown Ups 2. Oh, and Drop the Phone. He was a short, <laughs> he was a production assistant on a short film called Drop the Phone, starring no one. <laughs> Good, I just want to make sure we got that in. <laughs> Perfect. But I would say he got his biggest lesson on Grown Ups 2. I would say that too. Because... I know you said that this film was the uh, was the bastard offspring of Joe Dirt and 
not about a boy. What's it called? That's, That's my boy. boy. <laughs> this film to me feels like. Do you remember when Jackass released Jackass three point five? Yeah, I do. I've never watched any of the point five Jackass movies. No, there's two point five as well. Yes, two point five. And there's five? bad point grand, bad grandpa point five. That's it. <laughs> this like bad film, point grandpa. Bad point gr- gross point bad grandpa. <laughs> That's what this film is to me. This film is all the weird sketches that didn't get into Grown Ups 2. And they went, how the fuck do we... Spade's character. <laughs> Not just that, but like, you can see the, the husband-wife race happening in the Grown Ups universe. You can. You can see like the dad fight thing being like a Grown Ups 3 plot point of like, the kids are just sitting around, they're like, who do you reckon would win in a fight? Adam Sandler or... Kevin James. But don't you think that the character that David Spade is playing is just Donnie from That's My Boy, but without money? Yeah. A little like, bit. Where is he supposed to be from? Can we, can we, can we, can we tackle it, this issue? Oh yeah. Like, no I idea. imagined it's sort of like, there's a bit of a Boston, bit of New York in there. It's, yeah, it's the first time I feel like we've dealt with Spade doing an accent. Mm. I think he's trying to do a Sandler accent. Yeah, fuck that. Yeah. Didn't it? It's like... But, like, he is, like, like he's... I, I don't know what you thought of uh, That's My Boy. I quite like it. Mostly because I think uh, Sandler is very fun in that movie. I fell asleep partway <laughs> through That's My Boy, but... <laughs> I laughed more times in the first 45 minutes than I did in <laughs> year or Joe Dirt combined. So yeah. Yeah, you would, you would. There's that scene where the stripper drinks orange juice upside down. Who's not going to laugh? This is so good. It's crazy considering <laughs> like that is a film that is like premise is based off of statutory rape. So, like, I've just been kind of tackling that in my mind all day. That it's like, I found a film that's sole premise is based on statutory rape better than a film that is just about who, who who's dad's harder. Do you know what I mean? It makes no sense. Yeah. That, that, that should work. Do you know what? Because that film is actually about what it's about. This one is not about that. <laughs> No, it's this about, it about for about 15 to 20 minutes. God, yeah, it's about that for about 15 to 20 minutes. And then it goes away and it comes back for a little bit for two minutes, maybe like an hour through. And then it comes back right at the end. And that's it. <laughs> at the beginning, I was like, I had like, because I didn't, I didn't read anything about this film. I didn't even read the plot description. I just, I just went straight in. And I had Good no idea you. what it was about. And then seeing like the point where I was like, is is this what this film is? It's just about two dads having a fight. Is that it? And then it was done. I've got a note at 25 minutes in and I just wrote, I don't know what the plot of this movie could be. (laughs) (laughs) Not even what it is, just what it could be. Like from what I've seen, I couldn't like imagine it getting a plot. Josh made a really good point about it's like feeling like, it feels like deleted scenes from other, just all kind of like sketchy. I mean, like somebody's just, in the Happy Madison production offices, they kind of write stuff on the back of cigarette packets, <laughs> napkins. And these two, these two bozos, Tyler Spindell and his mate, have kind of 
emptied the bin. And just yeah. Got, Adam, here's our script. He's got, yeah, yeah. Well, Netflix have given us shitloads. Give give, don't give it to me. Give it to Alan. Yeah, yeah, give it. It, <laughs> don't come to me with this again. You ever come across my desk with this, you're fucking fired. <laughs> but I mean, it does. It does explain what we were talking about earlier about the um about the weird texts, the texts that appear in the film. Like the only explanation I can think of is that they just they just don't have the skill to be able to write a scene that explains what's about to happen. The only way they can do it is by doing a sort of movie 43 style like meta narrative of just texting. Yeah. They don't have anything else. There's no other way of linking these scenes. I, I reckon you said that you hadn't seen more movie 43. I haven't, but we've talked about it. We t- I only <laughs> I can only reference really happily about that. It's, no, it's so fucking lazy. Like I, really <laughs> like I don't, I don't know how I'm mentioning this film. On uh, I'm talking about this film, but I recently watched Zola, which obviously mm. fact that it is a film that is based on a Twitter thread and kind of deals a lot with text messages back and forth and stuff like that, and very much is steeped in that world. Like that is intrinsic to that plot of that film and does it yeah. in creative ways. Like when people text, they kind of have the characters say it out loud. In this, it just feels like, like, like you said, like it's kind of they just gone, how the fuck do we get from point A? <laughs> yeah, from point shit to point shitter. Let, let, <laughs> on, and some of them as well. I was like, I just, I just stopped reading them. I was like, it doesn't fucking matter what it says. It's not gonna make any sense to the plot because there is no no plot also it does that thing that really pisses me off in tv or film show or tv shows or films where people have text conversations but the production assistant or whoever hasn't set up the phone to make it look like they've ever had a real conversation so, so like every time, text. yeah, it's the first to every text that gets shown on screen, even even multiple times that happens in the film, the, the previous texts aren't on there. It's just like a whole new, he's a baby every day. He's like, every time he receives a text, he's never had a phone before. I fucking hate it. Just like, just do it. Just, just make it work. I guess you could argue this film isn't very well made. I don't know what you're talking about. But you know, it's a debut director. Yeah, I guess it's not a mistake. You gotta give Spindel a break. Uh, mm. uh, I'm trying to. I'm just going through my notes and saying <laughs> so many of my notes are just like, how is this a plot? One of it is just like, why is digging a pool part of the plot now? Yeah, it's I- such a huge part of the movie. It's 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 bizarre, isn't it? and the fact that. The fact that a lot of, like, the kind of, I don't know, the stakes could be avoided if, like, um, Larry had just fucked the old woman early. <laughs> like, that, is, that is, like, that is the big takeaway I got from this. Like, oh, we could have avoided all of this if Larry had just pulled it out and put it in her, like, for 45 minutes ago. I wouldn't have had to suffer through all this fucking bullshit. Yeah. Guys, how have we forgotten to talk about the scene where David Spade grows breasts. <laughs> Fuck's sake! <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Oh. David Spade volunteers to be part of a, a, a medical trial run by, by Marty and his son. And he has to have 
cream applied to his nipples, which when he started screaming that it was burning, I thought he was lying as if he was going to like sue them. Yeah, same. That's um, exactly, yeah, that's what, that fits with the character. Yeah, that fits the fucking hard. character. But instead, no, it makes him grow breasts. For an evening. Which I'm not really sure how that would work. I don't think it's scientifically correct. I don't think it's scientifically accurate that in order to wind test nipple cream that stops your nipples from getting hard, you would just have your son blow on them. I think that's... Also, also wild in that scene, there's a line of them being rubbed on. David Spade is the only one who makes <laughs> do the wind test, but there's also a guy after David Spade who he has not put anything on. Yeah, he's not been creamed. He's just sort of standing there, and you're just like, what? Is <laughs> what? he going home and he's not getting paid? <laughs> what the fuck's going on with his union? Well, one of the things I really have to bring up about this film is the fact that the 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 like younger cast are supposed to be twenty two years old. Mm. Like either like American films have like done a really bad thing of like uh casting older do you mean older actors to yeah, yeah. the time. Or like I think it does come down to this that it's terrible writing that they all feel like fifteen year old boys. Yeah, yeah. When they were talk, when they first mentioned that they were in their twenties, I was like, "What?" Because that that opening scene with them at the bar, I was like, "I don't think they've ever written like these people have never heard like what boys talk about." This idea that they're all in a photo booth together taking pictures of their bums, their bum bums. Like that's that's yeah, that's very much teenage behavior. Like I think post twenties, unless I'm like hammered, I have no interest. (laughs) in getting in a photo booth with other people and getting my butt out. They have had drinks. Not enough. Not enough. Not enough to get to that point. Who are you to judge? And then then he introduces himself to his love interest in the film with like, hey, you were my first kiss. Imagine saying that to somebody. This is what I didn't... This is another thing that I just didn't get at the beginning is... I didn't think that Larry was even from the same town. I thought he was his friend from uni. From uni yeah. Because that's kind of how he's introduced, right? But then suddenly it's just like... Well, the movie, well then again, it's like the his movie family starts like The movie starts media res. You yeah. know, like, it's like he's just about to go stay. Is, is he staying with his dad? No, he's staying with PJ, which again really confused me because then I thought, I thought Nat Faxon's character was... PJ's dad and that it was going to be like he was a Christian scientist because they set that up for some reason but then it's not it's not that and the fact that I don't think I don't think David Spade's character even recognizes Larry but then no one else in this fucking town recognizes Larry it's like all these well, all the does... all the girl all the women that he's making out with right at the beginning they're kind of like nice to meet you well, they, he grew up with the, them. The, the neighbor doesn't reckon the old elderly neighbor who he then has sex with. She's like, "Who's this?" And he's like, "It's me, Larry." I guess that's true. Well, they have that really bad payoff, don't they? That like, I, the only thing I could think it could be, and this is like giving probably the writers too much credit, <laughs> is they obviously set up that joke that his parents always talk about Aiden, and like he's like yeah. the forgotten child. So like. That is the only kind of explanation that, and again, yeah, it definitely makes them feel like they knew what they were doing with that. But it it, it feels very much like lazy script writing, right? Just going like, 
I don't, unless Larry at one point was supposed to be, the way it starts as well, like just outside David yeah. Spade. Mm. Could have been a chat on the road or something like. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. A bit more yeah. like, or I don't know, them packing up their college room or something like that. Yeah. yeah there's no something. introduction. It's just you're in it. You're just there. There's no contact. You know. Yeah. And then like, like five even... seconds later, David Spade is naked, wet, and lying on the street. Aren't we all? <laughs> Me later. But yeah, just you need something because, like, yeah, that's true. Like, through context clues, maybe like Larry was like a weedy boy or something, and he's like blossomed over college. I just said it, fu- fucking set it up. This does remind me that there is another line in this movie that, um, it doesn't, it didn't make me laugh, but again, it gave me a sort of a weird smile. Is the scene in which, um, Jackie Sandler, Nat Faxon, and little aid and have their sit down chat with larry to be like your life's going nowhere and um larry is like why why are all my why are my eyes crossed out on all these pictures (laughs) and just that facts and just calmly goes just like aiden doesn't want you to watch him sleep (laughs) (laughs) just a very weird moment (laughs) but it is like this sort of like demonic like crossed out eyes on pictures um is very strange. It's not very good. They should uh, just fucking kill that kid. I'm gonna put it. Just it's not a good kid. Gone. It's not a good get kid. I didn't like how much people had to drink piss in this movie. <laughs> yes! Not just drink, inhale. Yeah, well, one guy loves it. PJ's all into it. Oh, is he? At the end, like he's just having it like poured into his mouth, and that's. Oh, I missed that. Did they pay off the um, like? Jared Sandler being a part of a biker gang plot. Or do they just drop that? Like, <laughs> just, um, the, the plot in that is like, they're like, all oh, biker gangs are racist. And he's like, no, they're not. And then he falls off his bike a few times. Yeah. Don't, they, don't they then make, they kind of, they're doing biker training with him. And they say something like, now shout something like at an ethnic minority. Yeah. And it's like, so you're you're against him being in a biker gang, but then you're also willing to be like, hey, if you're gonna do it, you got to <laughs> right, baby. Let's really go full with it. He is like the most <laughs> SS looking of them as well. Like he <laughs> do does think? have that. I mean, I know he's Jewish. But I was he's gonna say, like, well, just because he's, he's blonde, blonde, and he, I think he's got blue eyes. Well, he looks, he looks yeah. like Steve Franco with a perm. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, I can see. Oh, I, yeah. He, he I mean, was he he. I really don't like him. I did like as much as I like the week of. I really hated him in the week of, and um, I don't like him here. I just want <laughs> I just want him gone from motion pictures. Yeah, it was fine when like he was like in one scene in Pixels, sure. Yeah, but now he's like actually having characters. You know, Jackie Sandler, bro. How long until he gets a starring role? Oh, it's got to be, a it's gotta be like two years from now. Hustlers. <laughs> Jared Sandler is like... Is Hustler. Kid Gilmore. They'll do like a remake of Kid <gasps> Gilmore. Fuck, I love that. <laughs> God. Yeah, like... I try to think of other... Uh, uh, this is a moment that I've, I've <laughs> needs to be... Is the... Obviously... 
the reason they think that Mardi could win the fight throughout it is... Oh, my God. How did we forget about this? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The story yeah. of knocking out a flasher. And, the, and then, then the the dirty truth comes to light. And we get we get an unneeded flashback in this film. <laughs> like, I thought, like, when he told the story, I was like, oh, maybe they're going to... They're going to actually show us what happened. And it's like, oh, no, they're holding this for later on when we're... <laughs> yeah, we get a flashback, which is fucking horrendous, right? <laughs> so we find yeah. out that, like, Mardi didn't knock out the Flasher. The Flasher kind of knocked him out and then forced him to drive the Flasher around <laughs> while the Flasher flashed people. Yeah. Like he's a foreign dignitary, do you know what I mean? What <laughs> local people? God, so true. Yeah, and then and then the flasher got knocked out because Marty actually accidentally drove him into like a tree. No, it's Paul Bunyan, isn't it? Like, oh a... yeah, it's Paul Bunyan. Paul Bunyan. Because we got to remember this rural American town, and that's the best American town. And there's big city bullshit. Paul Bunyan. Um yes. uh yeah. I, I I think we've hit all the high points of the movie. Like yeah, that 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 flashes in like did we need another stamp on on like how emasculated Marty is at that point yes, in the I movie? I think we need more cons always more. <laughs> For a dollar. Can any of you tell me the name of Ben's love interest? Who's Ben? <laughs> Is that Joey Bragg? Yeah, that's David Spade's son. Isn't it Meredith? I, Meredith. Well done. Give me a dollar. <laughs> no. I'll give it to you in crypto. Um, yeah, because like, I guess that... That's one of the main things that we kind of haven't really talked about so far. We have a bit, we have a bit in terms of being like him pestering, but like, I think Meredith might be one of the saddest characters we've had, like out of any of these films, just like the, the least written, the absolute least written character. I'll tell you what. I think Bridget Mendler is doing all she can with she, that role. She fucking does every like she's great. She's great, but like, yeah, there's nothing. She is like just trying to be as charming as she can be. But you know what is actually really fucking annoying is she's <laughs> yeah. playing it very charming throughout the movie. Yes. But at the points where she clearly doesn't want to be with apparently Ben, if that's his name. Mm -hmm. um she's playing it too charming for us to believe that she doesn't want to be with him this is the problem because like you know she's kind of she's she's uh she's a star of a disney channel sitcom she's probably she's grown up on that sort of set so like she is probably just very used to always having this sort of element of charm about her there is no way there's no way for her to play because even when the girl in a Disney Channel sitcom doesn't want to go out with a guy, she still has to be kind of nice to the guy because yeah, on a yeah, Disney yeah. Channel show, you have to teach 
that you know even if they're different or you don't like them you still have there's still you can still be nice and um that's how it sort of plays in this is like she's clearly not interested in him but she plays it so nice that it's it's just very weird it's off but you don't really get a sense of who this character is in fact like when she leaves him at the beginning and like doesn't give him a number i thought like is she gonna come back <laughs> like this doesn't feel like a character yeah. who's gonna be in the movie anymore i've always just liked to show how shit joey bragg is at picking up women by introducing himself as like, hey, you're my first kiss. No, as soon as, soon as that happened, I was like, oh, okay, here we go. Love interest. Full love interest. Well, her friend doesn't come back. No. Again, that's because she doesn't have a life. She doesn't have an interior life. There's nothing. No, she she only... says she's going to help her dad franchise his store. Is that it? Is that, because that, yeah, at some point I was like, yeah, what... Like she what? has like access to drugs. Yeah, what? she's she's obviously had a rebellious streak in the past because we we get that story that like she was she was too wild on prom night that she wasn't let in. So like, yeah, yeah. that's a, that's a weird like scene, isn't it? Uh, who's it, that's a comedian, I believe, playing the woman who won't let her into prom. Yeah, um, David Spade's co-host on the after party. Ah, actually. there we go. This I want. This film probably did pretty well on Netflix because they seem to like be cribbing from it. That, yeah. that moment, like when they don't get into the, like, that is a moment where somebody speaks like an ounce of like, like, tr- like not true, but do you know what I mean? It's some sense in this film, and like you're 22 years old. Of course, you're not coming into a fucking problem with children. I'm like, not going to get fired. That yeah. that makes sense, and then and then I think <laughs> the, the what happens afterwards really sums up this film is that like they end up just dancing by the bins. <laughs> <laughs> That's not this. Yeah. Is it? It's just flitting, flittering around by the bins, and it's like you're just hoping it's gonna fucking fall in. Mm. Fortune Feimster. Yes, that's that's yes, that's who Fortune I was looking Feimster. at. Also, a star of Yesterday with Nat Faxon. I'm telling you, I think this might have this might be like Netflix's biggest hit. This is it. <laughs> Wait, she's in Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. Yes, she is. I don't remember that. She I um isn't she like one of the friends in the uh in the club? Mm. <laughs> Not like like what what's the what's the club they have at the beginning? Oh the 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 conversation club. Is That's that right. Called? The talking club. Talking club. Yes. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Her and um Phyllis from the American office and um that girl from SNL. It's a good yeah. scene. <laughs> um yeah, this um this is a weird movie because this is the thing. I think it proved it goes to show how disjointed this movie is. Um because all we just keep being like, oh yeah, do you remember this weird scene? It's just a collection of moments, and not in like the way that like Grown Ups Two is a collection of moments. Because Grown Ups Two is at least funny, and you enjoy those moments. Yeah, it's a masterpiece. <laughs> Father of the Year is just a series. It's just scenes from a summer, and not a good one. It's Grown Ups 2 again, but bad. Yeah, but Grown Ups 2 is over a day, man. That's a day in the life. That's true. Love that day. 
Uh, any final thoughts on Father of the Year? <sighs> nope. Uh, <laughs> I'm just scanning. I'm like, is there anything? I don't. Oh, yeah, I've got one. Um, there's a joke I didn't understand. Oh, good. Yes, here we go. Um, uh, Larry is pointing out a picture of Aiden where he is smiling. He's like, he never smiled. Um, I never, I, I never seen him smile before. I thought he was a blind singer. Is it racist? I'm gonna say it's possibly racist. Oh no, it's 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 racist. Like, so, like, so, this isn't so, gonna so make it. Two, this isn't two, gonna make it in Jack. The two this blind isn't singers I know. <laughs> yeah, go on. They all uh, pictures I've seen of them. They are usually like smiling and playing the piano. Yes, no, I think that's exactly what he's saying. This is the worst joke I've. It's not ever a good heard. joke. It's not a good joke. Just being like Ray Charles smiles, <laughs> like. <laughs> yeah, St- yeah, Stevie smiles. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> perfect. It's genuinely, is that something like we we? Is that something that unites these things? Why is this a thing? It's such. This is one of the one. Like it's. Yeah. One, it's just, this is the first time I've genuinely like sat down in one of these movies and I've just been like, does that make sense? <laughs> I made it into the movie? Uh, is that an improv line? No, I... It, me is it feels like this is meticulously written. And you know that Covert as well had, had, had another little pass on the script. Oh, oh absolutely. absolutely. I mean, Covert definitely is like the driving force and like the marine shit. Oh, big time! Kova wishes he was a marine. Do you reckon they have like a quota in their office of like certain like tick boxes? Do you know what I mean like, come on, guys, you need to you need to pump <laughs> all more racist jokes, otherwise it's not gonna <laughs> quite cut it. <laughs> we're, gonna, we're not going to establish how America is at the same time a melting pot, but what also sets it apart is that everyone can take the piss out of each other. Yeah. It's good. Right. It's beautiful, we got that. really. Petrochemicals, we love them. We love <laughs> American and, interests on foreign soil. And fuck VR, because that's made by, by Japan. That's for the city people. <laughs> that's for them big eyes city folk. For the city people. Blind singers. <laughs> and also, if you keep pestering a woman, she will eventually say yes. Do you think that's how uh, Adam got Jackie? Let's not go there. <laughs> no, I, I I honestly think that uh, Adam and Jackie are very much in love, even though I have portrayed her earlier on in this series as the Lady Macbeth of Adam. <laughs> <laughs> I think this part of me is like with the whole Jackie ascendant, the ja- Jackie ascending. It's like she's not bad. She's not bad. And maybe this is like, you know, because while we've seen Sandler grow up, while we've seen Jackie grow up, we've also seen their kids grow up. And it almost feels like, because Jackie was, Jackie is an actress, right? I don't think she was. Was she an actress before? I think she was. Was she in anything before a Happy Madison movie? Um, Jackie, 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 actress, yeah, pixels. Oh. <laughs> Jackie. Uh. Uh, she was in Big Daddy. Okay. <laughs> well, so that's, uh, I, I don't think I, I think she is very much like just just because she's with 
She's not in anything that isn't Happy Madison. I don't think she's an actress. Mm. But the only things she's in that aren't Happy Madison movies are like fucking episodes of like Kevin James TV shows. Yeah. Yes, I see. <laughs> uh, you you're forgetting her incredible work as music as music assistant on Big Daddy as well. And she was married to him then, right? No. Uh, no. No. Still. Uh, bench warmers as Jackie Titone. Well, when like because I think because oh so well they didn't get married till two thousand three. Hmm. No, uh, two thousand and five potentially. Well, no, but I'm just looking at their wedding date. Oh, twenty <laughs> second of June two thousand three. She might not have taken his name till all a while later. But mm. um, so I'm guessing they were just like dating. Long term. <gasps> she, right. Okay. She began modeling during high school and eventually became known nationally and internationally for modeling clothing for big name companies. Mother mentioned. Jackie was later. <laughs> I thought you introduced... said she was known for modeling clothing for Big Daddy. <laughs> hmm. Jackie was later introduced to the acting world by Rob Schneider in the 1999 hit movie Juice Bigelow, Gigolo as Sally. With the success of this movie, Rob Schneider put in a good word for Jackie to his good friend Adam Sandler, who offered a part to Jackie in the movie Big Daddy. Oh, so that's how they meet. It's all down to Rob Schneider. I think there is there is some weight to your Lady Macbeth thing because I think <laughs> the person who benefits most from the nepotistic nature of Happy Madison is Jackie Sandler's family. So if obviously. Mm. You look at her maiden name and then you look at the cast like the kind of production credits on something like uh, father of the year so i think it's like one of the editors is her brother the the flasher is another relation so that's like jj titone so jj titone is the mm. editor yes and then there's another titone who plays uh, Chris Titone plays the Flasher. So it's her family who's getting like... <laughs> Shit. Because what my, my argument before was like, she was always in the worst films, but the films that were more successful. And I was like, she's the one who's like there being like, make it, Adam, make it. <laughs> <laughs> Very Lady Macbeth style. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, and uh, you know, maybe this is it. She's just like... But then she was in the week of, and you know what? She's quite good in the week she's of. Good in the week of. She's probably one of the best at her performances in Sandy Wexler. Her and Jennifer Hudson. Mate. Should we get into, uh, well. Oh, awards! Awards. Did this get nominated for anything? I'm, I'm afraid to say. No! I'm just to be checking. fair, if you can, if you're saying I'm afraid to say it did, and then we have to listen to more about it, then that would be bad. But if you're <laughs> going to say none, I'm happy with that. I'm serene. I can't see any awards. Good. I just don't Good. think people know this movie exists. No. Good. A, a better world is possible <laughs> for some yeah, people. There's, there's, I'm afraid to say it did not get nominated for any uh, awards. Oh dear. Petros, as our guest, who is your MVP for Tyler Spindell's Father of the Year? 
I think my MVP has got, and it's like, I've I've already mentioned them. I think it's uh, Fortune Themester, just as like the one person who kind of, Mm. of fucking insanity has the sense to say like, of course you're not doing that. Like there is, <laughs> like this is the real fucking world, not this made up, happy Madison bullshit that like you've come up with. Like no, of course you can't go in, you pervs. Yeah, it's got to be her. It's got to be right. That's a good choice. That's a very good choice. Josh, who's your MVP? While I try and pick one. Uh, it's a co. It's a co MVP. They've come up before in terms of the role that they embody but maybe not these specific people. It is Jason Gorson and uh, previously mentioned JJ Titone. Oh, you have done this before. It's the editors, because in comparison to a lot of other recent films, even though this film is a fucking mess, it is short. It is 94 minutes. Still took me three sittings to watch it all. Did it? Yeah, it took me two. (laughs) Yeah, I have a very stern like cigarette break <laughs> at, what, at what point were you just like fuck this 20 minutes in 20 minutes. <laughs> i think the moment they went through that, that greenhouse i went they've just fucking blown that's the plot that's, that's the, the plot, plot. <laughs> oh, next that's about where i got to actually i split it pretty much there and then did the second hour but oh. yeah i mean I mean, it did feel long, but it wasn't long in terms of actual time experienced by a human being, you know, even though it felt like forever. So for that, thank you, Jason Gorson and JJ Titone. Um, My MVP is uh, actress Ashley Spillers, who plays Olive, um, the assistant at Marty's... uh, Oh, medical research. And you know why? Not because I think she's amazing or anything, uh, but good on Ashley Spillers for getting a role that clearly was meant to go to Kristen Shaw. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. You know, because Kristen Shaw gets a lot of those roles, those roles that go to Kristen Shaw. Yeah. Uh, um, she plays a very specific type um, but not here they couldn't get Kristen or maybe you know not Kristen Sharp, maybe Rachel Dratch um, yeah, Rachel yeah, Dratch yeah, yeah, is yeah, still yeah, riding yeah, off yeah. the high of being in the week of for its um, time uh, so you know good on Ashley Spillers for like taking this role that you know she knows people are going to watch this and be like Hey, that girl's a bit like the girl from Flight of the Concords. Um, but, <laughs> but she's she her did, own person. She, Jack. she is her own person. She is her own person. I've seen her in Vice Principles. She doesn't play the same role in Vice Principles. In what? Vice Principles. What? The um, Danny McBride HBO series. Ah. Danny okay. McBride, Walton Goggins. Very good show. That's a good cast. Um. And of course, Ashley Spills. Um, yeah. You know, it's a thankless role, but she accepts it and she does it with a plum and she's gone and had a career without it. So, you know, I'm going to give it to her. Good for her. Good work. Good work. Well done, Ashley. It can't be easy, you know, 
when all these roles go to Kristen Schell. Has Kristen Schell been in a Happy Madison movie? Ooh, not that I know. Because they she have a like, scratch for that. Yeah, but she feels like someone who should show up, you know? Like, she feels like she's in everything. She shows up so many, and she's great. Don't get me wrong. I love her. I love, like, Louise and Bob's Burgers and stuff like that. But, mm. like, she is someone who just shows up and you're like, oh, it's you again. I, I I weirdly think she's too she's too weird for these like <laughs> her brand of weird doesn't quite fit in to the Happy Madison kind of weird. Mm, I know what you mean. Nor like this feels like I don't quote unquote normies trying to be weird, whereas she kind of feels a bit more left field. I mean, like, yeah, yeah. Is where instead of like people going weird is going. Hello, I speak like this. <laughs> that isn't weird. That is borderline. Hey, Sasha Baron Cohen made a whole career out of doing that. <laughs> That's so Sandler. That's true. But you know, yeah, so we've got, I've thought about it. We have Rachel Dratch for that role. Or if you want younger, you get Lauren Lapkus. That's true. That's true. That's who they've gone for now. Yeah. God, it's weird to think there's... We'll, see, we'll get to that movie. That's coming up. Yeah. Uh, that's my MVP. Pedros, who is your LVP? My LVP is a concept, and that concept is nepotism. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> I think that... Didn't see this coming. <laughs> that it's a, yeah, it's a, a, a dirty, dirty... And the fact that it's nepotism on nepotism in this film, that it's kind of like... The... the, the the tendrils of the nepotism just goes really deep, like this kind yeah. of like. If, I don't know. It, it's. I, I tweeted recently saying like Adam Sandler is the Francis Ford Coppola of knob gags. Fuck, <laughs> <laughs> like it's so true. Yeah, that he is like happy to just dish out all this, all these films and all these roles to people and like. I don't Does that mean that like? Like ten years from now, we're gonna get like a Grown Ups Part Three, where like his daughter plays like a prominent role. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, like the thing is, like I I kind of went on a deep dive in looking at that specifically, like the kind of like because I find that fascinating and kind of almost did like a little bingo of who turns up in, do you know what I mean, or has worked on other uh, Happy Madison productions, and it's just. Like, and, and this isn't really like a heavy hitter either. Do you know what I mean? This isn't like kind of like one where it's like the ridiculous six where it's like, we've got the whole gang back together. This is like low affair. And it's like packed to the gills of people who have like. Family's got to get paid, man. Yeah, they're just, yeah, it feels like money laundering to me. <laughs> it fucking is, right? I mean, we've talked whole, about this before. We've talked about those inflated, those inflated, but oh my god, inflated, inflated. budgets yeah, on yeah. on the in-flight entertainment on these films. He 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 is. He's he's the fucking I don't know. He's the Don Corleone, isn't he? He's fucking <laughs> like this is a racket. They are like pressing people for money at this point. It's ridiculous. It's true. He just wants all his friends to be and family to be taken care of. Yeah, good on him. He's basically st- he started an entertainment commune. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> the thing I get, I like, I I get it at one point. Do you know what I mean? If I like, if I was in his position, it's like I could be like the Oprah Winfrey of like 
being like, you get a film, you get a film. <laughs> I would do it. Oh, do you know what I mean? Like, <gasps> Sandler Claus. <laughs> Why has that not happened? <laughs> oh, my he's God. Because he's remake, Jewish. He's done his Christmas movie. Shit, eight crazy Nights. Remake the Santa Claus, but with the... But yeah. With, with the, the Sandler. The Sandler Claus. There's something... Let's work it out. We'll send it to Alan. Greenlit for 2023. I thought you meant Tim Allen. No. <laughs> oh, shit. Tim Allen meets Alan Covert. Tim Allen Covert. Fuck. They have the same... They probably get on quite well. Yeah, no, Look, quite... They have the same name. No, because they have the same beliefs. Oh, yeah. No, They're both true. awful people. <laughs> um... They made a career of doing the same thing for years. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Do you think Alan Cover sits at home at night and wishes he was like, I wish I came up with going, (laughs) (laughs) good stuff. Truly happily, Tim Allen. Nope. Every Tim Allen movie. No, I don't want that. Don't want that at all. Don't want to watch Jungle to Jungle. I've seen Jungle to Jungle like so many times. I don't need to watch it again. I I hated it then. And I still kept watching. Oh, it was training for this film. Don't know what that is. You watch Galaxy Quest. I do like that. That's that <laughs> is good. Yes, that's the one thing that like like that and Toy Story. Like the things are just like oh, maybe maybe Tim Allen's all right, and then you just see everything else. I've seen Wild Hogs. That wasn't Ooh. that wasn't enjoyable. He's not in Old Dogs. It's a shame. What's, what's that? That's the director of Wild Hogs. It's got. Um, one of the worst posters ever, which um, leads me into my LVP, which is this, this movie's poster. Mm. <laughs> um, this movie's poster looks like it was made by me. <laughs> um, Don't put yourself down, Jack. All right. This movie's poster looks like it was made by me if it was better. <laughs> <laughs> it's just... It everything is wrong with this poster from the incredibly long tagline that is in tiny font. <laughs> um, what does it say? They, they've got, got one summer to make their kids proud. What a great, I'm, I'm so glad they came up with that fucking genius tagline. Genius. Father of the year, don't put your font vertically. What's going on there? Awful. The, just the the fucking cardboard cutout poses that these characters have, mm. badly photoshopped out of like stills from the movie. Mm. Except for from Joey Bragg, who I think has like got a completely different haircut here than he does in the movie. Mm. Everything about this poster is absolutely horrible. <laughs> like oh. on on the day after, you know, the poster for Spencer came out, which is such a lovely poster. Such a good poster. And I, I, I shared it with my graphic design friends. I was like, guys, look how good this poster was. And we were all like, this is a good poster. And now I have to look at this shit. This bad, like, cooked up in like 10 minutes. It's probably like five minutes after they changed the title to Father of the Year. Like, mm. I hate it. I absolutely hate it. I hate Nat Faxon's fucking face on it. How dare you? <laughs> You talk about little beautiful Nat Faxon. Uh, it's just, it's just bad. It's, uh, it's. 
I work in the creative industry. Mm. It would take like five hours to come up with a better poster. Oh, it would take five minutes. To it would. Uh, I'm being like, I'm like, just like being like on it. Also, because I don't want like then suddenly be under the challenge. I'm like, you have now five minutes to make this a better poster because I don't want to do it. <laughs> so I'm just like, give it five hours. You get, you know, get it absolutely perfect. This is go back. Go back to calling it graduates. Have no. Have Joey. You Bragg go back and you call is. it. Who would win? Who would win? <laughs> well, the thing is, like, yeah, to your point of like the tagline. With the vertical font, it takes the eye. A, like, I don't think anyone would have ever read that because it just takes you. You read Father of the Year, and go. That's the information I need to know. It's facing upwards. See, it's, it's, it's so annoying that it's facing upwards. Yeah, it points to David Spade and that faxon. God, it's so bad. Everything about this. Des- I want to meet the person who designed this poster and just slap them. Well, the thing is, it's exactly the same as the like. So obviously, Netflix is designed for for horizontal posters, right? Because yeah. of their layout. So all they've done is they have just condensed that and just gone, "Oh fuck!" All of a sudden, now we need to fit Father of the Year in for like a vertical poster. Let's just put it sideways because obviously, like this wouldn't have had a theatrical release or anything like oh. that. That it wouldn't have had a need. You don't think that Netflix put this one into cinemas like they do with every now and then, like Marriage Story? <laughs> I think they were like, we want to get people in the audience to get, go see this. Get, give it an award qualifying run. You never know. <laughs> uh, so that's my LVP. <laughs> um, I know I jumped in front of you, Josh, but just when we were talking about posters, I wanted to. No, it's fine. It, it led in. It led in fine. Josh, who is your LVP? Masculinity. Oh no! Sick of it. <laughs> like but you several... were talking about how much you hate fo- fake wokeism in um, Ted Lasso earlier. I do, but I also you're hate one this of the shit. people on the internet who's like fuck Ted Lasso now. I don't. No, I'm not. Like I like Ted Lasso. <laughs> I like <laughs> Ted Lasso. There's just things about it that annoy me. You can like something and have things that annoy you about oh, it. You can only like or hate something. I like others. you. And currently, anyway, <laughs> masculinity. It's um, just so much bullshit in this film. Like, the fact that... Okay, we've talked about Nat Faxon being a wuss the entire way through. The only moments that he gets any respect from anyone are one when he pretends to beat up David Spade and gets rewarded with a nice heartfelt drink with his son. Again, no real-world consequences of no breaking that barbershop window. Earlier, earlier, the whole plot of the film was kicked off by the fact that someone fell through a greenhouse of a private property where they didn't have to press charges. And now they're just kicking people through windows. Fine. So that's the first, or that's that's actually the second time he gets approval. Is it? I the don't second, know, well, the first time he gets approval is when he lies about punching the flasher. No, but that's a fake approval. The, the second so, time so he gets... fighting David Spade. Yeah, but I mean, like, his kid, like, his kid is there to witness that happening, and so, like, it's not Everyone a Everyone around that story. table is like, oh, man, yeah, yeah you could you could kick stop, David stop, Spade's ass. Stop ruining my point. The second time that's shown on screen is when he tells his son to shut the fuck up. When he finally tells Aiden to shut the fuck up, and Jack, he looks over and Jackie is smiling at him. <laughs> Being like, well done for being a horrible fucking father to my horrible fucking child. David Spade going around constantly calling people pussies, classic or wusses. Larry, like, 
Larry joins the Marines, bro. Larry goes and joins the, the fucking Marines. That's the message of this film. It's like if you end up like in a shit town with and wondering what could I do with my life, go and join the fucking Marines. And shoot some fucking refugees if you want. Like I love how they're just like, how dare you, Larry? No one knows why you're going to New York, Larry. No one. And he's like, going to he's save going, the world. He's going. Oh to, right, yeah, Larry. Yeah, they're, they're like, why are you going with Ben? Because you don't have a job. And he's like, yeah, because he's going to like find himself. He's going to find himself. But, like, and it's not like, okay no, in you this. You can't film. do that. You can't do that. You have to join the Marines. You have to join the Marines. It's not okay. It's not okay to be like a platonic friend with a man. You can't just go hang out. You have to go and fucking murder shit. And of course, the Meredith of it all. Just like the what is his name? If I, is his name what? No, not Wayne. Wayne is Spade. Ben. <laughs> That she is just a nothing. Who's ben? Huh? ben? No one knows. Joey Bragg. She's just a nothing for for Ben to just constantly just like fucking rub his cock up against, like for an entire film. And she just fancies him because of his intrinsic worth. Because he's a man. Because he's a man. <laughs> like it's because he's just any guy who's just like who has he doesn't have enough money to order fucking orange chicken but has enough money to just constantly order like fucking deodorant so that she'll come and deliver him shit and that's adorable <sighs> hideous. hideous also she did not have enough time to make that video on his phone absolutely not that's absolutely also not. very dangerous to do while driving it's just... i just hated it also yeah i get whoever yeah join lower whoever researched vr and thought it was okay that someone could behead someone inside vr and that be built in anyway so that's where i'm at I just so like in vr like you know you don't need any controllers or anything it's of course whatever however you move because you're because you're wearing goggles yeah it's done <laughs> it's automatically mirrored that's how it's technology this. works it's, yeah it's just, yeah, I guess for me, it's just like, it's just not. We're in a crucial time where masculinity has to be reevaluated, and this is just like, it's bullshit. It's just yeah, but... ideology. Oh, God. Yeah, and that's, that's it. That's it for me. Petros, thank you so much for coming <laughs> on to talk Father of the Year with us. No worries. I, I didn't even give my uh, insights into actually being a dad, because I don't think that... Oh, yeah! <laughs> That would have helped in this film at all. Did you learn anything about being a dad from this movie? Like, like do nothing that either of them do. (laughs) They do nothing. Like, like, don't take any advice from those. Like, like if they were the last people on earth, don't, don't, don't get involved. Marty's got a pretty nice house. I love that we never see these kids' mums. Yeah, but the thing, like, my... oh yeah, oh, <laughs> I hate it, I hate it. Dads are the only important thing in this universe. Fine. Um. <sighs> well, I'm glad. I'm glad you 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 did walk away from this movie with a, a learning experience. <laughs> you learned what not to do, which is a plus in a way. I guess. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> I guess so. Uh, this, uh, this film has like really beaten me down. Yeah, I've, 
I've watched some bad films. I, I've I know, I know you've had Daryl Edge from uh, uh, Cage Rage on, who's got yeah, yeah, yeah. your rival. My right. <laughs> you've got Cage Rage. We've got um, uh, the Sandler Pet. <laughs> when he was on, I heard him like kind of talking with cockeyed optimism about like Cage's career, like because I think he was at the precipice of the 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 2010 when it kind of really <laughs> a downward trajectory mm. but like yeah i've suffered through left behind and stuff like that and like Love that film yeah <laughs> this I, this is like probably worse because it's quite repugnant and quite like offensive as well mm. film do you know what i mean like mm. I feel like Left Behind in this would make a, a good double bill because, you know, Left Behind's a very good Christian tale. It's a tale of the Christ. That's mm-hmm. true. And Father of the Year, you know, also offers good values. Bad dads as well, right? <laughs> true. <laughs> Fuck. Ray Still, who wants to bone a um, air, air stewardess and go to a U2 concert. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And that's why he get he doesn't get raptured. And then him, uh, Joe Dirt, with a little, a little cleaner Joe Dirt, I guess, with David Spade as Wayne. I'm sorry I made you watch Joe Dirt. I saw it, man. Like, again, <laughs> I've, watched, I've, I've watched a lot of bad movies, and I'm sure I'm going to watch a lot more. Um, the, I, think, the fact that, I think you should finish That's My Boy, though. Oh, I'm, I'm definitely going to, yeah. I'm probably, probably going watch it, to watch it tonight. Oh, yeah. <gasps> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely finish it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's that's my movie. (laughs) I'm so glad I didn't. Sorry, I didn't pick up that you hadn't finished it. I was earlier when we were talking about it. I was gonna spoil. I've seen it before. I've seen it. Oh, you've seen it before. So you know, you know all the incest of it all. Yeah. Um, Love that. Honestly, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, Tell us. Plug your wares, uh, because we 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 love talking about Nick Cage as well. So let's let's hear it. Um. So yeah, I host Caged in, uh, as you mentioned, like it used to be a Nicolas Cage podcast where I've watched every single Nicolas Cage film, like, uh, (laughs) which sounds crazy. And at the time of recording, like tomorrow, I'll be going to Fright Fest to catch the. Um, mm. newest Nick I'm like yeah and but now the podcast has taken somewhat of a left turn to look at the wider Coppola family to somewhat understand Nicolas Cage a bit better by understanding the, the brood in which he came from and also trying to answer the question are they the greatest film family of all time which mm. now after watching Father of the Year and kind of peeking under the hood of now the, you know the, the Titans <laughs> Titans may be the, the <laughs> supreme. Like Houston's, get out of here. Coppola's, get out of here. <laughs> There's a new sheriff. I did, I, I did yeah. notice on the IMDb trivia for this. This on oh, no, for um, uh, I think the sports one we were talking about earlier will be uh, Sandler's fifteenth collaboration with Chris Titans. Fuck. <laughs> it's yeah. a good. It's a good family. It's a good family to be in. Mm, I, 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 I feel like you're gonna you, you get like a lot of good run out of like the the Coppola stuff. Have you done Have you done Charles Swan the Third yet? 
No, I haven't. There's a there's a long list. So whereas you guys very cleverly picked like what like a year just just over a year season, I'm going to be covering the Coppola family for the next three years. <laughs> Fuck. Or four years. That's insane. That doesn't. Uh, hey, hey, hey! Look, we're we're not done. We're not done. We haven't. We have. We have announced. Truly, happily been as our next series. <laughs> you might we think have. we're talking about Sean Bean, but no. Oh, that would also be good, Mister. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's only got two films. Isn't yeah, it? it's perfect. It's perfect, isn't it? I mean, there's technically a third film. No, we can that find the count. Chinese movie. Isn't it really called like it. Top Funny Comedian? <laughs> yeah, we're not we're not doing it. <laughs> um, but no, yes, go listen to Petros's podcast. It's really fun. It's uh, he's got as he said, he's got some great guests on there. Yes, yeah, you can find that wherever you get a podcast. You can find me on all the social media platforms on at Caged In Pod, and yeah, to like. I also interview people. I find it really crazy that this is a thing. Like, I so I recently, with the release of Pig in the UK, spoke to the co-writer and producer of the film, one of the film stars, the the cons- not Nick Cage, the consultant chef who taught Nick Cage to look like a chef in the movie. Amazing. Both composers, and throughout doing all this madness kind of went on a kind of journey of my own to try and find find my nick as opposed to him looking for his pig and got, <laughs> got to the point where i emailed nicholas cage's agent and yeah. and like spoke to them about doing an interview and got the absolute bombshell that nicholas cage prefers his name when it's shortened down to be i c k as a what i see which absolutely blew my mind. So I've got an email which is kind of like really standard fare of like, oh, he's, he's the, uh, at the current moment, he doesn't really fancy doing an interview. And by the way, it's N-I-C-K. And it's like, well, the fucking PR team are doing it. <laughs> People know that. Amazing. So, yeah, if you, if you enjoy that, the sound of that craziness. Come on, come and join the party. This reminds me, Josh. We've got to do an interview at some point. We very, we very nearly at one point interviewed the director of Eight Crazy Nights. Oh, that's true. That did nearly happen, but it didn't. It didn't. But and you, have. you know what? You know who follows me on Twitter? Who I want us to interview? Alan Covert. Ugh. Oh, he's banned from Twitter. Oh. Oh yeah, he is. Who? It's it's my boy, it's my favourite comedian. It's Norm Macdonald. Oh, <laughs> right. I don't know why Norm Macdonald follows me on Twitter. He does. I think I tweeted once that I was watching his sitcom and I'm really enjoying it, and then he just followed me. And he's like, "Yes, um, I want to. Uh, I want to. I want to hear more of this." Yeah. Um, I might send him a DM, slide into his DMs, be like, "Hey, Norm." I want to talk to you. Uh, Josh, how can people find you on social oh, me? medias? Yeah. Well, if people want to find me, they can at P-A-P-S-B-Y, at P-A-P-S-B-Y, that's at Papsby. It rhymes with um, Titanic. Sure. You uh, definitely yeah. said it before, but whatever. It rhymes with Who Marvin's room? Yeah, whatever. I don't care. Yeah. 
Um, and that's on, did I say where? <laughs> Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd. That's basically it. Thank you so much in advance. Jack, where can people follow you? Uh, people can follow me under the handle of JFG and Digital Freedy across various uh, social media platforms, such as uh, Dollar Mutts, um, uh, The Warriors, Back Out. Uh, I'm on some other stuff as well. I'm on uh, Chief Tail. Uh, just a few other places, you know, anywhere anywhere that has an at in it, you can usually find me. Um, yeah. Nice. Josh, how can people find the show? Oh, that if they're you listening follow- to. Yeah. If you, <laughs> if you want to follow the show that you're listening to, you can on Twitter and Instagram at True Hat Mad. At True Hat Mad, that is. You can also send us an email if you'd like at truehatmad at gmail.com. And as always, please, if you can, wherever you are listening, if it has this functionality, leave us a rating and a review. Reviews are very nice. I don't think we've had any new ones, but we will read them out if you do. And ratings, five stars is good. Six is better. Seven, eight, nine. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Petros, thank you so much for joining us. Come back next week when we'll be talking about... uh, Adam Sandler's stand-up special, 100% fresh. It's a little change-up. And as always, ah, horseshit. Bye. Bye. Bye.